Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club, who aren't getting an introduction this week because every week just now feels like a little bit of deja vu. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined again, there's that feeling of deja vu, by Mark <laughs> Donaldson. Hello, how are you? I'm okay. Um, just okay. Uh, we were having a little mump and a moan before we came on air. We and were. I, I said to you before, even before we we connected and went on air just by message earlier, that it, it feels like we're going over the same ground every week and there are obviously a few Hearts podcasts out of there. I've been listening to one or two of them already this week and it's like, that's just what we've been saying and that's what we're probably going to say. So we don't we don't want to get caught up too much in, in the same things because everyone's got fair points on on hearts and in recent performances and recent problems in matches but it is a bit repetitive i guess not just to listen to for those who are tuning in but for us mark to to keep speaking about it as well yeah unless you've got a, a fetish for death then constantly listening to post-mortems is not really that much fun so I'm not going to say we're going to make this an hour of fun. We're going to try and make it as entertaining as possible. We're going to try and approach it a different way. And we've been trying to come up with one or two ideas as to, okay, what's not been said? Because we we are one of, as you mentioned, Many Hearts podcasts, but we record due to a combination of things, usually on a Wednesday or a Thursday. So there's some podcasts that come out on a Sunday night, some that come out on a Monday and a Tuesday. So a lot of them um, already have analysed it and... A lot of the analysis of a game is done in the kind of hour or two straight after on, on mm-hmm. social media. So being a midweek podcast, I think it's it's up to us to to come up with something a little bit different. We're like the 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 kind of the Monday morning um, match report from a Saturday game, whereas the Sunday newspaper report is usually in the 10th minute and it's a kind of chronological with a top and tail and a nice little package together. The Monday can't do that for a Saturday game. It can only do that for a Sunday game. So the Monday has to look at more of a, a kind of, not a magazine style, but something a little bit different to gauge the reader's interest on a Monday morning from a Saturday game. So we're going to attempt today to be your Monday morning newspaper after a Saturday game and come up with something a little bit different about Hearts in a bid to keep you going through until whichever song you decide to play at the end of this week's podcast, which I believe is 122. Is that right? It is, yes. Episode Oof, 122. And we were top of the Premier League, top of the Premiership when we started this. So maybe it's our fault. Quite pro- possibly. Yes, indeed. Hearts played Greenock Morton on Saturday, just past. We will talk about it um, in some regard, in some way, even if we're not going to overanalyze the game step by step. We um, will talk about the ones that got away which came up last week and was the homework question. So the players that never either broke through into the Hearts team from the youth setup, or possibly they were just back up and never got a chance at Hearts. So anyone who didn't play a competitive game for Hearts, and we'll see what kind of response we got from that. And if we can start to put together the the makings of a team, we will briefly look ahead to Inverness. And I do also have a quiz for Mark, which we try and do on a weekly basis at this point. Okay, first up, Hearts were back to Saturday action. Before before we get into anything, Mark, 
kind of feels weird, doesn't it? Hearts on a Saturday. Playing on a, yeah, because we're back to Friday <laughs> this week. So it just it felt like we were speaking last week about the the Dundee game at the start of the season. Let's get back to the feeling that we had after that game. This had all the makings of hopefully a good performance. It's on a Saturday, and we can turn the clock back. Yeah. Yes, it was all set up like you say. Hearts playing Greenock Morton, who were on a seven-match winless run, had lost three of their last four games, joint lowest scorers in the league, only scored one goal in four of their 15 championship games prior to that, uh, hadn't met one another, Hearts and Morton, at uh, Tynecastle since March 88, though. Obviously, the only competitive meeting since that was the December meeting when Hearts had won 2-0 against an extremely defensive Greenock Morton, and we were expecting something similar, albeit... Um, manager David Hopkin has since left. It was his last game, actually, the 2-0 defeat to Hearts in December. And it's Anton McElhone, who's a sports scientist, apparently by trade, who's currently in charge of Morton, who aren't big on signing second goalkeepers or even having proper full-time managers, but didn't Anton seem to... Anton McElhone? Yes. Is that his name? Yes. That sounds like, that sounds like an anagram of a real name. <laughs> do you think he's <laughs> I'm not? I'm sure you... I'm sure you could um, you could put that in. In fact, that's what I'm going to do. So you keep talking, and I'm going to put okay. Anton McElholm in a um, in a generator to try. And do you think Morton with... just they had some like he's he's actually the I don't know the admin assistant, and they thought well, you know what we need a manager. Did it, but ma- we, we, let's... Did it matter? They could they, they, just... they could have had anybody in 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 the dugout, and and they still got a result. Indeed. Well, what I'll do, we didn't want to overanalyze it ourselves, so we got an email um, after the game, so I thought, let's go through through the email. It was from James Walker. Um, he says, Laurie and Mark, a few points about Saturday's game. Point one, Castanier is a big huddy. Um, point two, Halliday got booked, but I don't recall him doing anything else. Point three, uh, McInef looks like a good signing, energetic play, particularly in the first half. Once fully fit, he could be a crucial player. Next point was that Walker made a decent impact. 50 club goals is a huge achievement, if only Tyne Castle had been full. Uh, Boyce isolated again is the next point, says formation changes needed or the misery will continue. And James did end with a mention about um, the Hearts TV coverage and uh, the value for money of that. A difficult one for me, James, to I try not to get into it too much on Twitter because I am part of that coverage, albeit not on a technical side. So um, something I will hopefully respond to some people on Twitter about. And it, people are aware of issues with it. I just can't get into it. But I didn't want to pretend I was just ignoring his last point there. So he said, interesting to hear our thoughts. So let's let's have a look i don't want to overanalyze the game step by step so let's have a look at what james said castanier what do you think of him so far i'm not impressed and i don't no. think anybody is see a few people have said to me we might as well play him because he's on loan so we've only got him till the end of the season i've and i've heard someone say that on a on another hearts podcast as well and i've spoken to to um it's actually from this is my story my opinion was more of the fact that if he isn't going to add anything, then why bother playing him? I understand the argument to keep Gary McKay-Steven in because he's here for at least, you know, medium term. He's going to be here next season. We want him to get confident, get match fit, get sharp, gel into the team. If is only here on loan to the end of the season and he's rubbish, there's no point in us kind of 
keep I don't say flog a dead horse because I'm not a huge fan of that term. But you know, why keep bothering you know put Henderson in if he's younger and might potentially develop? Part of um, signings is wanting them to justify your faith in them. So therefore, there may be a a, a kind of blind eye cast in that you want to give them the benefit of the doubt. And this is a, a world that we live in. It's a world of instantaneousness. It's a world of if it isn't worked one week, you're out with the you're out with the the garbage the next week. Uh, the analogy I've used in the past is the the old fantasy Premier League analogy, which seems pretty pertinent this week in that a bot, not even a real human, but a fantasy Premier League Twitter account, a bot Twitter account, has caused all this chaos with Aston Villa because what it does, it trolls all the... So whoever it is puts in um, anyone associated with clubs, players, managers, staff, or anything like that, and puts that in an algorithm... And then the minute the deadline is is come and gone for the following week, it then tells you that um, John McGinn has dropped Jack Grealish from his squad. The physio, and this is funny because I, I can actually bring this back to Hearts. It had Rob physio, um, Aston Villa has dropped Jack Grealish, and I thought, <laughs> Rob. and then it said Rob Marshall, and I thought, wait a minute, that's not the Rob Marshall that we had. And in the, ask Lawrence Brody about this, in the years that he was at heart, I could never remember his surname. I always called him Rob the Physio. I think he is now Aston Villa. And if it is the same Rob Marshall, then he was one of the Aston Villa staff that dropped Jack Grealish from his team, which then led to the Middle Eastern betting syndicates having a shit ton of money on Leicester because there was no Grealish because of this FPL bot. So I have no idea what the question was that you began the sentence was, but I'm so impressed that the tangent I managed there ended up with a reference to Hearts. What was the question again? Rob Marshall was physio at Heart of Midlothian Football Club. I know he was. Now, now he's at, is it the same guy? Yeah, because if you if you open him up, on, <laughs> and unfortunately I've just opened him up on LinkedIn, so he's going to get a, a notification that Laurie did say. You're looking up, and you want to tell him how, and then that's a... Uh... That's a, a road well travelled. Rob um, Rob Marshall, sorry. first team physiotherapist, Aston Villa Football Club. Yeah, you you both worked at Heart of Midlothian Football Club, tells Wait, LinkedIn. Yeah, it, indeed. So he is part of the group. I totally get oblivious when he when he did this, but this bot now picks up. <laughs> where which, are we going with this? Well, this is why I need you to take me back to where the first question was, because <laughs> albeit the Castanier. tangent has got. How the hell did we get there? We don't drag me into it. Okay, me just not not good. Blind eye. Um, yeah, faith. It's I I now can't link the two going back because I can't remember how I got there. That was a Shabba Laszlo answer. Oh my, was it not? I told you the story when I was at Tottenham. We're off on tangents. We're off on tangents. I think I've told this before, but for anyone that didn't hear it, um, I got a tip off that it might be Shabba Laszlo would be the new Hearts manager. So used some contacts, got his number, phoned him in Uganda when I was at Talk 107. I, 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 for, I just recorded it on the off chance that it might be him and he might say something. Um, and that phone call was nearly an hour, I believe. Um, it was him. I got the exclusive, but I also got a hell of a row from the boss at Talk 107 because we didn't spend that much money. But that phone call to Uganda 
<laughs> at that time in 2007, 8 or whenever it was, um, cost a fortune. So I had to explain why. And it was like, well, okay, the exclusive is better. But if you were phoning your granny in Uganda, we're not happy about it type thing. You're phoning so your mate Bobby Williamson. How, 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 we got into Chabalazlo because that was a Chabalazlo-esque okay. answer. Right, okay, I've got it. Okay, move to the next one. You'll need, yeah, thank you. Halliday. No, no good. Halliday, okay. disappointment, slows things down. Let's be quick here. Come on, speed okay. this up. Yeah, okay, Halliday, slows things down. He mentions <laughs> McInef being a good signing. and I like it. I like him, and I know it's very early to tell. That was his first start against Morton. He was one of the two changes that Robbie Nielsen made. Irving Walker went out, um, dropped out. McInef and Naismith came in. He was certainly one of the positives for me. I think even that early chance in the first, it was first five minutes when he broke through onto a good pass and forced to keep it into a save. It's just the type of midfielder we don't have, and I don't think we've had that type of central midfielder for a little while either. Someone mentioned on social media, is he the first type of midfielder we've had since we let Oli Lee go? <laughs> you kind of thought, hmm, because the goals that were scored, Oli Lee contributed or assisted or scored yeah. some of those goals. Now, for whatever reason, Oli Lee went down south. He probably wasn't going to stay at the end of his contract, which expires in the summer, so they let him go back down south. And it's the old, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. The old Joni Mitchell big yellow taxi. Um, June had because, a bit of that as well. I was always surprised yeah, how much step June got. A hundred percent. And I would take it further than that. Not so much on a hearts tangent. The old Alan Kirbishley line about <laughs> the Charlton fans weren't happy and they wanted rid of him. And look at them now. Um, and you could take that. You could say that with anybody. The end, uh, this is a tangent filled star. Um, my latest tangent is going to take you. Um, similar to this, to, to Daniel Stendel, because uh, there's obviously the Facebook Facebook groups and kickback and everything like that. There seems to be a right... I went through a... I didn't want to read it because I was annoyed at one of the answers. I agreed with one and didn't with the other, but I kept having to go through this thread, which went on forever. It was just a back and forward. But it was one... It was pro-Daniel Stendel and anti-Daniel Stendel, or not so much anti-Daniel Stendel, but pro-Daniel Stendel, pro-Robbie Nielsen. Uh, that's what it was about. Robbie Nielsen in charge of Hearts in the Championship or Daniel Stendel. And these two went at it and at it and at it. And once it became a bit personal, I was just like, oh, let's move on. Let's go elsewhere. But this is the thing. We're now in, a, in an era whereby everyone's got an opinion. We always have had. But now there's a platform for a lot of people to share their opinion. But there's also a, I'm not going to be told I'm wrong. I'm going to defend this. And we've had it over here in politics. But football's the worst for that. We'll never know. It's total subjectivity. It's your pub argument. Who's best, X or Y? How would Daniel Stendhal have got on in the championship? No one knows. You can guess. Oh, I'm not sure he played that type of football and maybe he isn't used to the championship. Or he might have taken the championship by storm. He might have played great football. We might have been swashbuckling, beating Morton instead of drawing 1-1. One, one. No one knows. We have what we have. But that, that's what we're missing. These are arguments that you used to get at 5.30 at Diggers or Tight yeah. Castle Arms. And people are missing that, Laurie, and it's horrible. So it goes online, um, or not so much over the phone or WhatsApp or whatever, but it can get heated, which I understand. You're not going to get, after a one-all draw against Morton, you're going to get some that will try and defend some things. But it wasn't good enough. And I think I've managed to tie that back rather nicely to what we were initially talking about, rather than the previous answer, Aaron which was Mackinef. just 
Aaron McInef. There you go. Who was part of the game against Morton? <laughs> Seamless. Jeez. It's a good point, and we spoke about it before. And I heard you and Murray, who's obviously been on on the podcast before. He was he was on the This Is My Story podcast the other week, and he was alluding to this about the frustrations both he feels and what he thinks other fans feel, and why there's a bit more um, angst and frustration on the likes of social media on Twitter because when you would traditionally, so a fan would normally go to a game, meet their pals, they enjoy their day out, they have a few beers before the game, they they go to the game, obviously they they shout, moan, cheer, whatever happens during the match. And Ewan was talking about the fact immediately after the game, you know, he'd be back in the tiny arms, you know, and they'd you know they'd have their they'd they'd vent there, they'd have their pint, they'd maybe have a laugh about it, they'd have an argument about it, they'd debate, and by later on in the night they'd. They'd have, they would have had a few drinks, they would have been on to another subject, because that will it'll be almost out their system. Not to say that they wouldn't have still had a, a bit of a debate on Twitter maybe the next day or the next week about little things here or there, but it wouldn't be everything. Whereas when you're sitting at home, and you was obviously referring to when he's watching Hearts games if he's not there now, he's sitting at home in front of a laptop screen. That's it. All yep. he's got is the Hearts game in front of him. And then he can log into Twitter afterwards. There's no pub. There's no banter with with mates. There's nothing after it. That's it. All no. you've got is the Hearts game and every little bit of it. And I've heard a lot yeah. of people talk about the away games as well. When we've won, for instance, Air, and it was brutal, and people were still unhappy. But if they'd been there, they would have been in the pub in Air that night, and then maybe out in Edinburgh when they got back or something. It would have been a distant I... memory by the time they were on yeah. Twitter. Because you've done all that, you've analysed it to the nth degree in the pub. Um, in a pub, you don't get the opportunity to generate anagrams of <laughs> okay. Michael Hone. So some of the words you can get from that are monocle, manhole, ethanol, <laughs> menthol, echelon, and also enhance. You can also do the law firm, Telecom, and Hannon is an anagram of Anton McElhone. So there you go. That's just to tie up a little loose end from earlier. I told you we wanted to try and entertain as little as possible talk of this tactics enter- and, okay. and that perform. Well, it's shite entertainment, but it's still not. <laughs> it's, it's better than watching hearts. <laughs> if there's if there's well if there's one person that goes, I suppose that's all right. It's better than well that was pish. <laughs> Indeed, uh, uh, James, who emailed us, also mentions Walker making an impact, um, and the fact obviously getting fifty co- fifty goals is a. A big achievement. This is yes, Walker. Point. Walker divides opinion, and you know, I said it on on Twitter when I congratulated the achievement. I said I'm not going to pretend that um, I'm also one of the critics of Walker quite often. And some people question the achievement, and there does have to be a context that he scored 50 goals, but he has made a lot of appearances, and not all the goals are top flight. But but even longevity, I think you have to respect the fact that to be at the club for that period of time, albeit over two spells. And to keep scoring to that level, I know it's you know what it's not even one in four, but he's not a striker. I think that still has to be respected. And when you compare it to the fact that it's the first time since Colin Cameron that anyone's hit fifty goals, striker or midfielder, I think you still have to doff your cap to to an extent to what Walker's achieved there. Hundred percent. He scored fifty goals and probably fifty goals more than everybody who's listening to this. Podcast, unless McGowan is listening to when I don't even, so even scored, do the maths. So he's only scored forty-seven goals more than, <laughs> which is still more than most. Um, again, it's all subjective, but that's what we're here to talk about. 
Jamie Walker at his best is a huge help to Hearts. But at his worst can be a hindrance, as they all can. How do we get him at his best? That's the key. Don't know what he does in training. Not sure how you deal with him. Don't know what type of character he is. It's, it's a long time since I interviewed him back in his first spell and whatever. He was a nice lad, um, but he was he was young. I don't know what he's like now. I, I had the diatribe prior, sorry, post-cup final of what I would do if I was Robbie Nielsen and sit him down and show him all his best bits and, and try and show him that this is who you are. This is what you're capable of. You're going to have bad games. Why was that a bad game? Anyway, he he can conjure up things, not so much out of nothing, although at times it looks like he can, but he, he can give us a spark that we're missing elsewhere. Had that been Stephen Naismith the previous week instead of Jamie Walker, what would have happened? Well, I don't think Stephen Naismith, they're different types of players. You've got to deal with the frustration to get the good stuff as well. Yeah. How do you go about ensuring that there's less frustration and more good stuff? That's the job of the manager. And also, it's down to Jamie in a way as well. Because Jamie's got to decide what he wants from his life, from his career. His heart's the pinnacle now. It might well be. Okay, well, see what you can do. Does he think he, he's, he wants another crack at England? If so, well, you better be playing better than you are right now. So it's all dependent on, on, on Jamie and also who's around him. Indeed. The final point to, to quickly touch on from James, which... Again, I think is relevant, and we we're not going to overanalyze every bit of the game. As you can tell, we're not even going to talk about the match action and the individual things that happened. But he says that Boyce was isolated again, and formation changes needed, or the misery will continue. And it is one thing. I mean, I, I mentioned it last week. I would like to see Nongdwe and Boyce in there to, even if it's just some weeks in games like that, to give us an alternative. One thing I did, I thought there was some, and this is, you know, I am scraping the barrel, so to speak. I thought there were some flashes that that could work given the, given time. Um, obviously, Nong to be a set up the goal, I thought he did pretty well to to assist Walker, and I thought there was a couple of moments where it looked like there could be something there between him and Boyce if they're given time. What's the sample size here? It's tiny. It is, but I'm, I'm, I've not no, got much I, to work with here, Mark. No, a hundred percent. I'm I'm totally behind you here. I'm just saying. Let's not be quick to judge. Let's not decide, you know what, we've made our mind up after a one cameo appearance off the bench where he comes and scores twice against Wraith Rovers and he's, okay, well, that's, that's set the bar high and then he gets hurt and then he comes on as a sub and doesn't do much but sets up a goal. Look, you want to see him. As I said last week, I would have, I would have started Gary mckay Stephen last week because you've got to keep persevering until you get something. But... And this is the caveat. There's only so much you can take before you think, this ain't working. Now, it might not be working for the player. It might not be working for the shape. Gary McKay, Stephen, there's a player in there. Is he as fit as he could be, given his preseason for MLS was January, February, March last year, played a season, came home, didn't have a club, tried to get back. I'm not sure he... I don't think we'll see the best of Gary McKay, Stephen, until... The, the, the next season. I think he needs a full preseason behind. I think okay. he will get fitter and I think he'll get better because the, the the standard right now is not good. He's better than what he's showing. But I don't think he's where he needs to be fitness wise. But if someone says he can play and they last played, what did we say? He played in the, I think it was the CONCACAF Champions League in Florida for the uh, for, for New York FC. Um, 
so there's a player there. So what we have to decide in the short term, in the interim period, is we've given them this lengthy deal by other standards. So do we take him out the firing line for a couple of weeks, put him on an intense fitness? If that's what he is, he might say he's in the best shape. Well, if that's the case, his form needs to get better. That's something different. So we've spoken so often, and we've been constant. It's just been like a broken record at time about the issues that Hearts have had this season when they've played poorly. Pace or lack of, starting a game, um, being able to be read by the opposition, too predictable. So what do we do? Well, let's make sure that Neil McCann, and best wishes to Robbo, by the way, um, not just ahead of Friday, but just in general, with uh, with the things that he's he's going through right yeah, now. Yeah, I was going to mention that, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and we will later, I'm sure. But best wishes, best, best wishes, best wishes to to Robbo. Neil McCann will be in the in the the dugout, and Neil Neil studies football as does Robbo. He'll know what hearts do. He'll know they'll try and get about the fullbacks, but he'll know they can overplay at times, and he'll he'll probably set up to frustrate. So let's not be predictable. Let's go three at the back. Let's have Kingsley and Smith as wingbacks, or Kingsley and Castanier as wingbacks, with Smith in a back three with Popescu and Halkett, or better, or something. But just make it so that when hearts kick off, or when the team sheet is submitted, McCann's like, whoa, that, how are they going to fit all them in? Or he's completely oblivious, because it might be similar personnel. He's completely oblivious to, to a shape, a formational shape, or a formational change. Just be something different. I'm sure, look, there's there's no need to tell Robbie Nielsen, Gordon Forrest, Lee McCulloch that things aren't good enough right now. They know. It's up to them. They are being paid to sort that, to rectify it, to make it better. How they do that, that's up to them. But they're aware of it. It's not like they're just going to put the same out and hope for the best again against Inverness this weekend. They'll be hurting. They want to win this league in style. We're winning this league right now. We're 11 points ahead. But it's not really stylish. <coughs> Excuse me. So how do we change things? Well, make it less predictable. Change it up. If you've only got a plan A, work on a plan B. If you've got a plan A and a plan B, work on a plan C. How many times do we watch football these days, whatever we watch it, whether it's me doing my Italian, whether it's you watching your other football, whether it's everyone listening, they've got a specific league they also watch in addition to to the Scottish Premiership or the Championship, you'll see things. You'll see different things. You'll see different styles, different formations. But you'll also see at times people who you think, oh, wait a minute, they, they don't normally play a 4-2-3-1 or they usually play three at the back. They're trying something a little bit different. Pep Guardiola's formation, geez, he's got a fullback playing as a defensive midfielder pinging a diagonal to a right back on the other side who's then a left winger. How do you, how, seriously, but how do you cope with that? If you're the opposition, how do you second guess what they're going to do? They've got better players. So if you've got a team that's got better players, you can set them up to frustrate. And that's what a lot of the teams in the championship do to hearts. But because we, from what I've seen so far, don't appear to have an ability to a change up, whether it's a gear change, a formational change, a pace change, then they can sit in and they can frustrate. Yeah. And that's why some teams have been successful. So can we be a poor man's Manchester City by way of catch us if you can or guess what we're going to do if you can? Because if we can, that's another issue for the opposition to try and deal with. 
Indeed. Did you um, see, this is last thing on the arts game, um, James Christie, who does excellent photography at the arts matches. And there was, is this the, Robo, the Robbie thing? The Robbie one, where... Um, where is he sitting? So he's sitting... It looks like... It looks like he's sitting on the, the, the TV. Yeah, um, it's the angle. But he's not. He's yeah. on the other side of that, isn't he? Yeah, so he's basically, he's directly below where, where we were. In the, so we're at the back of the wheat field, just below I the camera gantry. He was in the, yeah. And he was in the lower angle. sections. But the angle, there's that camera gantry just over in the middle of the pitch, only slightly above pitch level. Yeah, another one. It's section, I think it's section... D. D. Yeah, it's around D. It's in the middle. Because I used to have, I used to have my season ticket when I moved. It was section C, row seven or eight. It's probably just, um, probably just along from there because he's kind of back. No, it is. The, it's just it's to the yeah. left of that. Yeah. So, um, um, it, but the angle that he James Christie's taken like at. This. In fact, what I'll do, I'll I'll retweet it on the scarves around the funnel account right now. Just in case anyone's listening like he's and hasn't seen with his feet it, feet up on the on the ledge. Yeah, it looks like TV, a t- it's almost TV like um, I thought it looked like almost like a you know the lifeguard sitting at the top of their thing, <laughs> shouting it, shouting the By children the way, to stop running. He wouldn't he, he wouldn't be sat there for for long because there was a lot of Hearts players that seemed to be drowning. Yes, um, and he would he would have had to get up. <laughs> Indeed. Anyway, I just want to mention that because it tickled me a little bit when I saw the photo. One of those clever angles um, and I've retweeted James Christie's tweet on the Scarves Around the Funnel the account if you want to see it Okay last week we spoke about players that didn't make it at hearts and maybe went on to do not necessarily flourish elsewhere but went on to be at least decent footballers ones that could have possibly done something at Tynecastle. so it was the ones that got away and the the rules, if you will, were that they didn't ever play. They couldn't have ever played for Hearts competitively. So you're looking at either mainly youth players who I suppose came through the ranks or played for Hearts at some point, at some level, but for whatever reason left or were released and went on to become professional elsewhere. Or, in the case that we mentioned, someone who was also mentioned in a few of the tweets, Rice Mbole, the goalkeeper who signed for Hearts and at no point played um, for the men in maroon, and then went on to play in a World Cup. Um, so let's see what we got. I got a, a private message on Twitter from um, the future is maroon, who always has lots of input when it comes to the development of players at Hearts, and he provided some suggestions. Uh, Harry Payton, who's at Ross County, Liam yep. Gordon, who's at St Johnston, Ali Crawford, who was at Hamilton but plays down with Bolton now, Josh Doig, who's just broken through and is doing very well with Hibs. David Gray, that's a good one, who of course... I remember that. Yeah, captains Hibs and captained them to the Cup and um, was sold to Manchester United by Hearts uh, and also suggested Jason Cummings, which has been mentioned before. So some good ones in there. Um, Harry Payton... Who was the... Who, who, sorry, um, Laurie, who was the other player, see if you can remember this, okay. that Hearts sold as a 16-year-old to Manchester okay. United? Oh, um, is this one that didn't make it really? No, he, he, he actually oh, was came it, back. Was up it Galbraith? It was. Ah, yeah. yeah. That's okay. There you go. Sorry, Harry Payton. No, I was going to mention Harry Payton's an interesting one because he was quite highly talked about. I think he was he was a, he was a bit older than Harry Cochran. He was a couple of years ahead of him. But I remember Payton being talked about quite a bit. But he never broke into the. Hart senior side and he's now 
Um, obviously doing very well with Ross County. Plays in the top flight. He's a regular with Ross County. I, I won't claim to have watched him many times, but I've heard he's a, a decent performer in the top flight. And Hearts are, of course, now in the championship. So that's certainly one that you wonder, could he have done a job? Um, and the other one's mentioned there. Ali Crawford's an interesting one because... I really liked him when he was um, sort of at his peak with Hamilton Ackies. I thought he was the exact type of player we needed. A very creative central midfielder, really good eye for a pass, technically very good. Um, and in the end, he's gone to Bolton. I think he's on loan at Tranmere, actually, at the moment. But he's one that I thought could have been someone Hearts actually made a move for. And he was with Hearts. Um, I don't know for how long, but he was with Hearts for a few years anyway, when he was younger. Yeah, there was talk about him maybe coming back and then for whatever reason. A, a player I liked, yeah, de- decent enough. I mean, you've got to remember as well, whoever's manager at the time has an eye for a certain type of player. Some will fit, yeah. some some won't. So for us, it's like, why haven't we made a move every time Kyle Lafferty becomes available or, or anything like that? It's like, he'd do a job, Jason Cummings has been linked with Hearts, goodness knows how often. So yeah, I like him as a player. Um, Harry Payton once wore a Hearts jersey as an unused sub, by the way. Okay. So it counts. It counts because he never made a competitive appearance. Yeah. You would have commented, I'm sure it's the same Harry Payton, Canadian, um, yeah. is according to London Hearts. First game of the season, 2016, Hearts 1, Celtic 2. Robbie oh, was yes, in charge. Jamie, Walker, Jamie Walker's penalty, penalty yep, yeah. and then Scott Sinclair late. That was when Faisal Reras was, was playing. Tony Watt made his debut. Um, Harry Payton was on the bench, unused, along with Dario okay. Zanatta. Um, so, yeah, that's the type we're, we're looking for that came that close or, or maybe didn't even come close yeah. at all. Um, but, yeah, Ali, Ali Crawford, um, I liked him, but yeah, just not to be. Uh, Rab Hay mentioned Harry Payton, Jason Cummings, Josh Doig as well, said Ollie Shaw. Greg Stewart, um, James McFadden, Murray Davidson, he mentioned. Was that one, was he with Hearts? That one that either slipped my mind or slipped my memory or I wasn't aware of. I don't know. He might have, he might have trained my Hearts as a kid or been with them. I mean, he, he never... I'm on the London Hearts website as far as uh, those that stripped and uh, and not necessarily got on, but those that were part of a match day squad. He's not one of them, but that's not... I mean, he's, he's like a... Jason Cummings or, or others that they were there as a kid, um, but didn't do any more. Murray Davidson, maybe, yeah. I mean, yeah, I wasn't aware. I, I mean, he, if his Wikipedia, which obviously doesn't always cover everything, says that he um, played for Hibs and Dunfermline when he was at youth level. So, and he's from Edinburgh. He's well, he's born in Edinburgh. So, quite possibly not one that I'd been aware of. Um, here's one that's a a good one. Um, this is mentioned by Cheesemeister. Says this one, and also. John Begg. This is Barry Ferguson. Now, I think this one has to have an asterisk, um, which is, John actually says, he trained at Hearts as a schoolboy around the time that his brother Derek was there. And that's certainly, it's obviously, from that it would be that he hadn't signed for Hearts, but I'd never been aware there was any link with Barry Ferguson and Hearts at any point. But I guess that's still still quite a good, what could have been, because you could say, well, he trained, so maybe there was an opportunity if Hearts had snapped him up. I don't know. Let me let me put <laughs> this one to bed straight away. Because okay. this intrigued me. So I messaged Alan Preston, Biscuits, um, agent, ex-Hearts player, and said, look, we're doing this on Scarves Around the Funnel. He was the one that gave 
Danny Galbraith. I mentioned a couple of others, which we'll get to shortly. I said, someone has suggested Barry Ferguson used to train with hearts as a teenager. Do you know if that's true? He got straight back. I'm not 100% sure, but I'll ask his brother. And then in the last five minutes or so, I got a message. Just spoken to Derek. Barry was at Rangers all his time as a kid. So the only way this would have been possible is if Derek had brought Barry along okay. to a training session. So there's, it appears there's nothing to it because Barry... Um, Hamilton boy, I believe, um, that's where the family's from. Rangers right from day one. And if he was ever at training at Hearts, it was simply because he was, he was accompanying his, his brother, um, because for whatever reason. Okay. Uh, Ian says, Chick Charnley. Hmm? I'll be honest. I thought, I thought I had longer to take a swig <laughs> of my down east pear cider. And that came up. Chick Charnley. Unless, I mean, really? Ian Ian Mack did post this with a smiley face and sunglasses on. Um, so whether he's on the wind-up and there's a, there's a joke that I'm, I'm not in on, I don't know. It, slightly before my time, uh, you know, he was around Tibbs when I first started watching football, but I can't say um, I, I remember, I remember being him. at um, Easter Road uh, for, was it, his, was it his debut? It was certainly Henrik Larson's debut. And I later found out Craig Burley's debut the same day. Henrik had signed from Feyenoord and Hips gave the ball one. away. Hips won 2-1. I think Charlie scored in that game. And um, Henrik making his debut, I think Charlie might have made his debut as well because there was all that talk about Chick playing maybe for a testimonial for a game for Celtic or whatever because that's the team he wanted to play for. But that is something I've never heard before. I'd be fascinated to know if it was true. Mm, but maybe indeed. it's someone that just wanted 60 seconds of chat about Chick Charlie on a half podcast. <laughs> and if, if that's the case, then well done. because you... well, we do, oh, Hold on, we do have a story. We do have a story. Okay. From the Hibs Historical Trust. This is really interesting. Um, while still at school, Chick joined Possel Villa, who played in the Glasgow Suburban League before joining Rotherglen Glencairn in the juniors, where he was spotted by Dave McParland at Hamilton Ackies. After a trial against St Mirren, Hamilton Ackies offered Chick a contract. But at the last minute, Alex McDonald stepped in and took him to Tynecastle for a week, where he played in a reserve game alongside John Robertson, who scored a hat-trick. Hearts decided against signing Chick, but Ricky McFarlane stepped in to sign him for St Mirren, and things started to look up for the teenager. That is the shout of the year. Whoever has, what was, who sent that in? Ian. Ian McLeod. Ian, that's, yeah. that's brilliant. I didn't know that. So there you go. So he went from a week's training at Hearts to playing a reserve game with Robbo, who scored a hat-trick, but they decided Hearts not to sign. So he counts towards our, what might have been, 11. Brilliant. I'm going to do a mark here because one thing is <clears throat> Possel Villa. Right, if I search Possel Villa and I speech mark it, so I want that exact phrase. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, I get ten results on the first page. Every single result is Chick Charnley. What the hell is are Possel Villa just made up by Chick Charnley or whoever? No, they played in the Glasgow Suburban League. There's so no every ball. single. They're not, they're not even juniors. They're, every they're single thing about them is just to do with Chick Charnley, though. I don't even know if they exist anymore. Oh, so they can. If, well, if they don't, then that's that's the only reason you would want to talk about them. And why why else would they be on on Tinternet if it hadn't been for for Possel Chick? So, Villa. Mm-hmm. 
Postle oh. Villa to Rutherglen, Glen Cairn. Uh, Hamilton offered him a trial. They then offered him a contract after a game against St Mirren. Alex McDonald somehow became aware of that, or him took him to Tynecastle for a week. Possible. And that's where it all began. Possible. I'm just, so, I'm just, I just is, can't. I can see that Possible comes up with some roads. Anyway, in Glasgow, anyway. Possible. I just can't imagine Chick Charlie in a Hearts top no. when he was for a reserve game. Yeah, well, there you wow. go. That's a good one. Um, McFadden gets mentioned by a few people, and that's a shout. I think that was possibly mentioned last week as well, wasn't it? But that's that's a good one because he was with Hearts when he was younger, and obviously it was Motherwell who ended up being the team to develop him. And and um, when he broke through, he would have been a cracking player to have because you know when McFadden was at his best, he was just terrific to watch. Oh, so good. He just needs to learn what what. Um what earns someone a penalty and, and what <laughs> shouldn't earn someone a penalty when you're yes. in Comments. But apart from that, he's, he's excellent at what he does now and I, I enjoy him on the TV. Indeed. Here's one final one uh, which was mentioned by Twiggy Rascal who says, only one I can think of is Jay Fulton who was who doing well at Swansea. And that's one I totally forgot about which shouldn't really because obviously his dad was um, a pretty decent footballer and did pretty well with hearts. But uh, yeah, Jay Fulton was with Hearts for mm-hmm. for well, three years before yep. Falkirk um, took him on and with a team that then developed him and obviously sold him on. And he is still with Swansea. And I think you mentioned that, you know, someone who, who sees him on a regular basis. Yeah, Swansea fan that I know over here, um, I was messaging him after the Man City game. I think it was the FA Cup time, just saying I enjoyed the way that they played. And um, it's nice to see a, a Scott Jay Fulton doing well and, he said Jay didn't have the best game that day, but he's he's one of his favourite players because he just enjoys the way that he plays. He's, I haven't seen enough of him to know how similar he is to his dad, but it's a similar type position. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Celtic, then Hearts as a, a youngster, then, then to Falkirk. Thank you for the um, suggestions. Some of them were pretty good, and a few of them I hadn't been aware of. I'd never heard of Postle Villa, so every day's <laughs> a school day. Right, I've got a quiz for you, and <laughs> why do you say it like that? That sounds ominous. And it's it's got some relevancy because I thought well, Walker scored his fiftieth goal, but we've already done the kind of fiftieth goal yeah. quiz. So what I thought it's not a big do, club either, is it? The, the fifty goal scorers, fifty or more for Hearts. It's not the biggest club. There's no, especially in recent years. Many, especially yeah. in recent years. But what I thought I would do because that was the only the second time we'd played Morton competitively since. Um, the late 80s. I thought I would do one on infrequent fixtures. Oh, that's good. So what I've got, I've got six teams that we do not play very often. Okay. And I want you to see if you can get the teams based on the information that oh, I so give you. Oh, you're not giving me the team. Oh, that can't you? Oh, well, obviously, I'm going to give you of... the team. No, I know, but then, like you did with McGowan, you're not just asking a question about... Right. How did he get on in his quiz, by the way? Um, First of all, he, he, he sent us a message going... Oh, I was listening to part one, and you've sent him back saying, "Yeah, did you listen to part two? <laughs> it's like a no, week I later. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've still got that to listen to. Well, it was like a quiz. All right, about you. Oh, all right, okay. And then we got the whole messages of every. He said answer. it did pretty well, although he only got twelve of the Barca players. He did claim that he he almost scored against Barca, but I don't remember that. I'm sure, he did. Um, it's easy to say that. Um, he knows that we're not going to go back and look at the highlights to try and find if he had a chance. So he's, well, so he was a sub that day, wasn't he? He came on late on. Um, so you don't have to look very far. 
No, but and by that by that stage they'd put their kit man on, their tea oh, lady on. Saw... So it's actually disappointing that he didn't score. That's a failure, McGowan. Pretty bad. Must Pretty be poor. Yeah, Pretty awful. poor. Um, right, these teams. Okay, so let's go. So first up, mm. we've played against this team thirty-four times competitively since mm. the first meeting in nineteen nineteen. I'll be in overs. How the fuck do you know that? Yeah. <laughs> In there. How did you is know that? That's total guess. I'm starting at the beginning of the alphabet, and I thought, is that right? It is. <laughs> I've mixed this up. I mean, magic. One out of one. Okay, by I chance. Have got that. By chance, the first one was the only A, but it's not in alphabetical order. I just happened not to. Have... That's ridiculous. Yes. Okay, yes, last defeat, 1942, we've won 24, drawn 7, lost 3, um, we've won the last 13 in a row against them though, um, only one okay, meeting I since right. 1958, a Scottish Cup yeah, tie in yeah, the late yeah, 90s, Hearts won 3-0 on the way to winning the Cup, blah blah blah. Okay, smart arse, let's see, okay, yes. next team, we've played three competitive matches, oh, first meeting in 1971, that's all I'm going to give you now. <laughs> no, I won't. They don't. They don't have to be Scottish, do they? Okay, what I've done. No, okay, what I have done. I've made it. These are all current league clubs in Scotland. So every club I'm giving you is a league club at the moment. So it's not someone who's now defunct or non-league, and it's not someone who's from another country. So I tried to keep it to, to Scottish league clubs at the moment. So it's um, a current Scottish league club. They've won. We've won all three against them. All cup games, two in the Scottish Cup, one in the League Cup. We've never actually conceded a goal to this team. Uh, the last meeting was a Scottish Cup tie, and that happened in the last 15 years. Shunar. Yes. We won 4-0. Yep, 4-0 away yeah. from home. You, you would have been there was on that that duty, game? I imagine. Yeah, that was a, that might have been a Laurie Dunsar special, a, a mobile phone to the ear. It was probably um, more acceptable in, what, 2007? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, someone I was was it whoever I was with, we stayed over. Hearts paid for us to stay over. Oh God! Can you believe that? I'm just thinking about this because we were in a tea <laughs> shop in the morning of having a cup of tea and a, a bacon sandwich or whatever. And the 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 Lino who was on on duty that day, Charlie Charlie someone that someone who was part of our party knew was in this little tea shop as well. But Hearts paid. We went down on the Friday. I remember that. Was that the last time Hearts paid for one of the members of the media department of, although I wasn't officially part of that, to actually stay? We got we got treated like not royalty, but kind of um, Harry and Meghan, who are kind of ostracised from royalty. But you know what I mean? Just rub it in. Just rub it in. <laughs> Did you not stay overnight in? Um, at the, foot, at the foot of the Erskine Bridge prior to doing something off tube but um, at Q, QRX TV or whatever it's called um, I did not I did not. I okay. wonder can you we we have met Stranar one other time in your lifetime uh, in, in my lifetime as well a League Cup game at home yep yeah at home um, mid 90s that's, that's pretty good yeah 93 we won 2-0 at Tynecastle League there Cup well done Boom. okay that's good that's good come on is that my 2 for 2 you are okay next one we have played this side four times competitively mm -hmm. the first competi competitive meeting in 1968 all of the meetings are cup games we've won 3 and we've drawn 1 the last competitive game was in 1992 
elite. And they're all they're all Scottish. All Scottish. All currently in the. SPFL, so in the four divisions. It was a League Cup game away from home in 92. It actually went to extra time and Robbo scored the winner in a 2-1 victory. So is that the last competitive last meeting? competitive so we, meeting? So we, but we have we have played him, them since non-competitive. Played them in a friendly in 2004, ah. also away, also a 2-1 Hearts win. A current Hearts player actually scored in that friendly. Breakin. Yes. Yes! Brecon City. Christoph Berra scored in a 2-1 friendly win in 2004 against Brecon City. These Very are good. good questions. Very good. Okay, next up. So, so that's good. That's three out of three. You're halfway there. And you're I, 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 honestly, I didn't think I'd be as good as, as this. Nah, so neither did I'll I. Probably end up, I'll probably get three out of six, but I'm happy. 50%. That's, that's all right. It's a pass. Okay. Okay, next up, we've played this team 11 times competitively okay. since the first meeting in 1892. We've okay. won nine, drawn one, and lost one, although one of those wins, lots of the statos will put it as a draw because we beat them on penalty kicks, and we've had this debate on Twitter. Some of us say that's a win, some of us say it's a draw. I've put it down as a win. So we've won nine, drawn one, lost one. But one of those wins was a penalty shootout win. Stenhousemuir. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this yes. You, you remember that game in the 90s we spoke yes, about when Neil McCann made his debut. Pine, Pine Castle, yeah. The yes. We haven't lost to them since 1940. Um, we've met three times, though, in the 21st century. Once in the oh, 90s. Really? Yeah. Um, and they're one of these teams where all those four games in the 90s and in the 21st century, there's been no more than a goal between the sides. There's been that. It's been it's a side that just causes problems. Um, I remember not as many problems as Aberdeen. They went there and lost 2-0 in a Scottish yes, Cup tie. Indeed. When Stenny went on that run. Yeah, so there's that penalty shootout win in 96, which we spoke about before because it was Neil McCann's debut and he yep. scored. Um, there was the Scottish Cup win 3-2 in 2000 when we ended up, I think we ended up being 2-0 down in that one, Colin Cameron scored and McSweegan got a double um, and the other two were games that I was at, although I was meant to commentate on the one in 2014 but nothing worked so I just walked I walked around the side of the um, pitch and jumped in the away end so I think that was one of the few times I've been that might have been the last time I was actually in with the Hearts fans. A fan at a game. So you've got four out of four. I've got, I've got okay. six teams here, so you've got two left. Okay, Ooh, so they'll be a, and they're all Scottish. They're all How many times? They're all Scottish. I normally do that to get an extra 20 seconds, but you haven't even asked the question. I know, I've not even no. given you a clue yet, so I don't know what you're delaying for. Okay, okay so we have played 15 competitive matches against this next side um, since okay. the first meeting in 1934. We've won eight, we've drawn five, and we've lost two. Uh, the last competitive meeting was 1989, a 3-0 win in the League Cup at Tynecastle. The game prior to that, though, was actually a defeat. Montrose. Yes. 2-0 at Tynecastle, also in the League Cup in 86. Now, that League Cup in 86, I was at that game. That was my first League Cup tie. And we have... I think Davy Larder was... Davy Larder was in goal in that game. Um, let's go into that. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was, it was Ray Charles. Um 
but ladder was attached to him. Anyway, in that game, uh, we were shite. We were, we were we were rubbish, basically. Let's have a look at the team. Smith, Kidd, Whitaker, Jordan, McDonald, Levine, Colquhoun, Watson, Clark, Mackay, Robertson. That should have been far too good for Montrose. Uh, wait a minute here. Wait a minute. That's the game at Lynx Park. There was also... There was also... This is the game I was at. It was the we played them back to back seasons. Yeah, we played them a few times around that. Yeah, around right. That. This is the game, um, and still David Lara wasn't in goal. So the team that lost: Smith, Kid, Black, Jarden, Barry Levine, Colquhoun, Jarden, Clark, Mackay, Robertson. Again, not very good. That was my first League Cup tie, and to this day, those who were born in 1963 onwards have never been alive to see Hearts win the League Cup. What a no. shite record we've had in that competition. We and it's easy to say it's the Jobby Cup and whatever, because it's only one Hibs had won. But that went out the window when they won the big cup. <laughs> Indeed. Um, intra- <laughs> Funny when you talk about Montrose. London Hearts is is obviously great, especially if you're a commentator or you work in the media, or you're just a Hearts fan who likes all this information and history. I was staying up in Aberdeen, as you know, for a few years, and um, I got a taxi one night, and... I can't remember, Hearts came up for whatever reason. And the taxi driver told me he scored against Hearts before. Very randomly. And he said he played for right. Montrose years ago. John Sheeran. Um, no, it was... Alan um, Lyons. Mark Bennett. Mike Milne. It was Mike Milne. It was a Mike Milne. He said it must have been around 1980. And it was at Lynx Park and we, we lost, but I scored a great... And I was like, so you're Mike Milne, aren't you? And he was like, what? I'm like, <laughs> ah, you're Mike Milne. He's like... How the fuck did you know that? I'm like, well, there you go. But obviously, he, as soon as he started talking, because it wasn't, he didn't get to the point that quickly. I opened up Montrose on London Hearts and it was scanning. And then he said around 1980 and they lost 3 1. He was the only they scorer. Them, they played them twice because it was in the old group stages. Um, they played them home and away within yeah. the space of three days. Ah, and that was a Lynx Park game. Yeah. And they played at Lynx Park in a friendly. The last meeting was a friendly. 95 yeah. ended 3-3. So the last, so he, it did. Here's, here's to tie up the loose end that no one gives a fuck about anymore. Excuse the French, except me. David Larter was in goal the last time Hearts <laughs> played Montrose in a competitive <laughs> fixture. And he had to try and keep out Hosref Muzovic. There you go. Five from five. You're doing very well. I'm, imp- I'm actually, I am genuinely impressed how, how good you are at this one. I think... I think I've picked Lovely. these and they've they've sat nicely in terms of of periods of time. Um, okay, well let's see. Okay, last one. Have you have you left the hardest to last? I don't know. I can't tell because sometimes you surprise me with how well you do with I think tricky questions. And then I throw a, a the kind of you know the first question on who wants to be a millionaire. You get it wrong. <laughs> so this team we have only ever played once competitively, okay. one game. We lost it in the League Cup. We've played... There have been three friendly meetings between the sides. The friendlies were between 1962 and 95. We played them after that in the one competitive game. And we lost. 2-1 in the League Cup. Deerhead. Yes. (laughs) 2017, League Cup defeat. I'm so proud of that. That's the highlight of my career. I wasn't sure if you'd remember that one because that's in the, the... um, the, the the zone of your memory that you that you can't access well, with hearts because you've been in the states. But unfortunately, I was there. I was at that one. So, and that, do you know what? I got really jealous of you that night because you never got because, to go there. Yeah, because I took a trip on one of 
a few excursions that I, that I came back home up to Elgin because I had Elgin and Peterhead still to do. So I decided I had to flip a coin because I was only there for a few days and I think we, we took a road trip or whatever. So I decided to, oh no, that's what it was. I was, I was uh, at a stag weekend because my pal of mine is the professional at Boat of Garton, Ross Harrower, which is a beautiful golf course on the way to, to kind of Inverness. So we stayed over for the weekend, had the, the tomfoolery or whatever. And it wasn't designed so that hearts were playing, we're going to get pissed. It was just, let's go out on a Friday night and have a fun. So I'm like, well, I'll go to the, I'll go to the game on the, the Saturday. And it was an Elgin City game. Uh, so that ticked off what I thought was the penultimate stadium to the list. Uh, the <laughs> only one I didn't have was Peterhead at Balmour. Now, that's that's an issue because there's more than one now. Because I haven't done Cove because they got promoted. Yes, um, And I've been to um, City Park because I used to live around the corner from there. Um but it's not, it's the old one, and it was to see Spartans, who were non-league at the time. So my kind of rule is that you've had to have seen the team that belonged to the, yeah, kind of, it's just yeah. stupid. So yeah. so <laughs> C- City Park's in there, Balmour, uh, there might be one, but P- and Peterhead. Uh, well, Peterhead is Balmour, sorry. So yeah, when Hearts played up there, the, we lost that game, did we not? Yeah, so I said is we have a zero percent record against Peterhead. You got to remember, I have a go at other people for not listening to certain things that I say. <laughs> I'm the worst guy. I'm the biggest hypocrite. I haven't done it for three weeks. Well, you've just said something and then I, no, I haven't. I sometimes haven't. I cut them. Just... Sometimes I edit them out. Oh, that's so kind of you. <laughs> you could have gone to see Peterhead in '89 in a friendly that Hearts won four 0 and. Um, when Musimich scored, Neil Berry scored, Ian Ferguson got double, or in 95 as well, when Hearts won 6-0 in a friendly win with David Murray, Colin Cram, Scott Leach, John Cahoon, Brian Hamilton, and a John Robertson penalty. Now that, goals. I wish I knew why I wasn't there, because I didn't do my first game and kind of start work in radio until March, end of March 1996. So I, normally... Let's have a look. Which other teams did we play in that pre-season? Because I used to try and go to all the... Because it's pre-season. You, have, you haven't been with your pals at the football for for a few uh, weeks or a couple of months over... The they time. were obviously so, doing uh, the Northern yeah, Tour. Yeah, Peterhead, Elgin, Montrose. El- I could have killed two birds with one stone. Peterhead, Elgin... One weekend as well. It was back to, it was oh, so, back-to-back nights. Here's the annoying thing. Here's the annoying thing. Friday, I went, Saturday. I've told you the story. I've told you the story about Derby. <laughs> Derby was the next weekend when yeah. Robbo, is, Robbo scored, but um, that was when Darren Wassell scored that amazing own goal past his, his goalkeeper from distance. But that was Jim Jeffries in the stand. I was at that game the following week. I wonder why the hell did I not do the Peterhead Elgin Montrose That's a Northeast by the trifecta? Way. Oh my but god! Not just that, but they played them Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, exactly. That's that fantastic. Imagine that. Imagine oh, having a, a pre-season weekend where you've got Peterhead, Elgin. It doesn't have to be those teams, but it could be any teams that are all accessible. Oh, you do a week. Joyous. That's great. I didn't know they did it. I knew they did these tours, but I didn't realise they did it like three nights, three games. Oh, three I remember days. being at, remember being at Bayview for one of Burley's pre-season games, and that was a Thursday, I think. We might have played the Wednesday and the Thursday, then played the Saturday, Sunday, because the Sunday was the the Berwick Rangers game I've told you about where Burley left midway through to go to the bar to watch yes. the golf. Um, that was a 
Wednesday, Thursday, then Saturday, Sunday, because that was when they were making their mind up about Brelly. But at least it was a, a kind of day in between. And it wasn't really travels. It wasn't like, I mean, you're going to Methyl, right? You ain't staying there unless you're in a caravan. So that is just a dream weekend. I've Peter got some Head. homework. I've got some homework. And this homework is, you need to think non-pandemic. So in a in a situation where people can travel and go to games, you're in charge of Hearts pre-season. Oh. Where are the fixtures? Where are you going? Where's the tour? And this this doesn't have to be from a football, but this can be purely from a fan perspective. Where would you want wow. to go where you get some football games, but you get a good trip? It's good I for... do a trifecta. I do a trifecta of Tallinn, Riga, and Vilnius. Okay. The Balt the Baltic States I like trifecta. That. I like that kind of I, I like that kind of I thinking. Love all, I love all three cities. I'm and interested that's pure, to see. Yeah. That's purely for for beer. Nothing else. No other reason. That's fine. That's a good reason. De- dear wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> by the way, that '95 season, and this, we're not going. We're not deviating too far off on the tandem. These are. For, this is for all you. So if you were born in '95, you would be what age? Twenty-five now. So anybody under the age of 25 will probably have no idea, unless you're a, 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 a kind of someone that looks back at Hearts history, that Hearts, Hearts beat Manchester City 5-1 <laughs> at, Tyne, at Tyne Castle. That is true. And it was I know, decided I know. David Hagen, Brian Hamilton and Stuart Callaghan. Richie was on the bench, Paul. So their lineup. this is Alan Ball was their, their boss. Andy Dibble, Richard Edgehill, Terry Phelan, Steve Lomas, Ian Brightwell... Alan Kernahan, with a middle name Nigel, Nicky Summerby, Mick Walsh, Niall Quinn, Gary Flitcroft, and Paul Simpson, and we beat them 5-1. How about that? Indeed. I know that because um, when we played Man City pre-season and I covered it, I remember noticing that result when I looked to the head-to-head, which was interesting. When we played Man City pre-season behind closed doors or something? No, no. We played them... um, It was the season... Before we started in the championship, it was after we went down. We had, I got we, I got a, I got a selfie with uh, Negredo. God, that's. I'm, I'm Did you not even notice that? We only lost two one. Osman so scored against them. Gee, There's a picture of me you. in my suit with um, Alvaro Negredo after the game. He scored at Tinkasle. I have absolutely no. What was this? Twenty fourteen. Yeah, it was. I wasn't. I wasn't doing Wimbledon. World Cup would have been finished. Well, yeah, because so I was doing that. So what did? I... Anyway, who gives a toss? Anyway, let's have a look at so... their lineup. Richard Wright, Mika Richards, <laughs> Greg Lee, Nastasic, yeah, Rekic Garcia, Zuccolini, Scott Sinclair, Sami Nasri, Jesus Navas, and Alvaro Negredo. They played a thing a different Caballero team each half, pretty much. Yeah, Caballero, Bossarts, Boyata, Kolarov, Denayer. Uh, Fernando, Fernando some players. John Gadetti, Jesus, yeah. Stephen Jovetic, wow, Gail Clichy. I'm going to find the, the picture of me in Negredo and send it to you. Um, oh, it's on, it's on his Twitter. It's his, it's his, it's his profile, profile picture. He talks about it all the time. He got a selfie <laughs> with Laurie Dunsack. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, God, contact us on the Twitter page at Around the Funnel or email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk. Give us your pre-season away. schedule. What would your plan be? And this is when, under these circumstances, that you can go to games and fans can travel and and drink and socialise like the the good old days. Um, can I have one further suggestion here? <laughs> yes, it's just come sure. Through. The first game would be in South Morocco. 
<laughs> second game would be in USA. And then we'd have a few months to wait. <laughs> then we get promoted, having been promoted the previous year. And then the greatest game would be on New Year's Day. That would be my uh, kind of um, elongated trip. It's just just a bit. Morocco yeah. and you, two, two couple of games in Casablanca, one in Connecticut. By the way, Scotland played just along from where I stay. 1995, Craig Burley played, and he didn't know that 25 years later he'd be living pretty much the same spot. <laughs> Scotland played in New Britain, Connecticut in 1995. I think we're at the tangent counter is at for, 50. For someone who told me he needed to be finished by 8 because he wanted to watch the Atalanta game, you've fairly been dragging more. things out. Come on. Anyway, <laughs> thank you. Next section. There's another section? We haven't left much time to talk about Inverness Hearts, so we won't go into it too much. Um, I won't mention the fact that Hearts haven't won at the Caledonian Stadium um, in over 10 years. Uh, hopefully they'll do it on Friday. Uh, we're, we're not going to talk about tactics and teams because, you know, what the hell? Won't change anything anyway. But we should mention, um, and you briefly touched on it as well, that all our kind of thoughts and, and best wishes um, and from us and from most Hearts fans just now are with... Mr. John Robertson just now, obviously, sadly, um, had a family bereavement, which has meant he's had to take some compassionate leave, so he will not be in the dugout for Inverness on Friday evening. And I guess it's one of these things, you know, Robbo obviously has such an affinity with hearts. We all got our signed tickets, or lots of us got our signed tickets through from him, which was you know, a great gesture. And it's one of these things where it's just that you know, football it pales in significance to to what he's having to deal with and just hope that in a bit of time with a bit of time out he he manages to return whether it's to Inverness's dugout or whatever it might be um but back in football before too long yeah it's one of these you just kind of think he's so well known and beloved to, to us Hearts fans not personally um but but as a an icon um and he's he's having one or two problems right now so um yeah all, all the best we man Hopefully he'll be back soon and, you know, whatever happens, I'm sure they have lots of support around him, friends and family, and he's always got the Hearts family for him, of course, as well. It, it does make it interesting, I suppose, one thing to touch on the game. Um, Neil McCann, as you mentioned, yeah. will be in the dugout, another uh, person who's well thought of uh, in Hearts circles. What it does give is a very interesting, not predicament as such, but something for Robbie Nielsen to think about because... We won't have any idea what Neil McCann's going to plan to do. Will Will Neil McCann just want to carry things on as they've been playing, keep consistency, or will Neil McCann want to completely mix it up because Inverness have been um, fairly inconsistent when they've actually managed to play recently? I'll be honest here. If it's my manager of a team that's top of the league against a side that they are better than uh, player-wise and whatever, I'd be doing some homework on them, but I wouldn't be overly worried about what they do. And I know the, 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 the kind of new breed um, are all um, analytics and everything like that, and they would look at opposition. Of course, I, I get that. I would spend the time required, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do too much because the bottom line is I would be more concerned that if I had my team doing what I know my team is capable of doing, that my team beats their team regardless of how they set up. So I'd be spending the most time without being negligent and not paying any attention as to who the opposition is. You, 
especially with this, you, you'd probably have a fair idea how Robbo would set them up, and, and he would maybe try and um, make Robbie second-guess his lineup. But with Neil, you don't really know. He might decide, you know what, I'm just, I'm just here for, from his perspective, probably only a, a game or two, if that's to be the case. And we hope it is, nothing against Neil, but we hope Robbo's back as quick as possible. But he, we don't know what he's going to do. He could easily just say, right, boys, I've spoken to um, the, the guys behind the scenes um, and we're just going to try and do more of the same. Or he might he might say, you know what, Let's. I've only got a couple of games of this. Let's try something different. So by trying to second guess something you've got no knowledge of until kickoff, it's a waste of time. So just know their individual players, know how they're likely to set up, but mainly focus on getting things right for us because it's mm-hmm. not been right enough. My heart of Midlothian perspective, that's what I would say. Well, let's hope they get it right so we can um, talk more about the game that just happened next week and not try and deflect and avoid that and find other things to to pass the time. Uh, In terms of what music I'll play off at the end, actually, I forgot. I got a request in the week from my good pal Craig Robertson, and there was a reason for his request. Uh, I'll see, since you're on so much form, um, the request is relevant, and Mm -hmm. it's relevant to Hearts in a 2006 sense. What do you think Mm of musically when you think of hearts in 2006 ah oh, it's not darude because that was what 98 nope nope uh was was 98 dario g sunshine 98 was 98 was the dario g carnival de paris so was darude 2012 what did i think about it? was the gretna game was there a specific song that was played after we won the it's, cup? it was the winning music that was played at full time yes like they played levels obviously at the end of yep, yep, 2012 yep. they played um it's relevant literally this week in in terms of nah, be, there's nothing worse than listening to someone not even watching someone but listening to someone trying to waste time because he doesn't know the answer so I don't know what uh, what's the answer Daft Punk one more oh, time they split up they've, they split up yeah, they've decided, the last couple of days decided, yeah. um, so Craig asked me that we, we end with that and you know if it brings back memories of a celebration in Hampden Park, then why not? One more time for Daft Punk. That's as good a reason as any, I think. Unless there's a song called Unless there's a song called Postle Villa out there. Oh, so <laughs> let's, let's end with you've, you've started something, let's end with, with uh, my um, my daughter's godfather owns a, a, a gym. Uh, he's built like a brick shit house and, and okay. whatever. And he, he, he's um, African American, so loves a, loves a lot of the uh, the similar, you know, the last dance with Michael Jordan um, on ESPN. I don't know what it was on. There. They, they've got a spotless uh, Spotify playlist. So okay. yeah, music's, music's great. It's got some really good music. So we we're, were sitting watching something one day when he came around and he said, are there any Scottish rappers? <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Scottish rappers? So I, I did a Google and I've, we found one. And I want one week. Not this week because it's a it's a uh, it's a good song to play us out. But there's a Scottish rapper, and you can everyone can look at this guy and listen to his music. Make up your own mind. His name is Wardy Burns, right? W a r d i e. I've heard of that for some strange reason. Oh my god! So I played it to him, and we'd been listening to the Spotify Last Dance playlist, right? Some really good music on that, and then. He's like, let's hear it. What does it sound like? I have never seen someone's face with this expression on it. It was incredulity times one million. <laughs> Do yourself a favour. 
Google Wardy Burns and just pick a song. I haven't gone through his back catalogue. One was enough, but I've got a fair idea they all sound the same. And just um, see what you think. So, yes, Sean Chambers, um, Wardy Burns is under the category of Scottish rapper, but not quite up to the levels of Daft Punk. Indeed. And on that note, I'm, I'm going to finally escape and we'll let you all escape as well. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we'll be back next week with Scarves Around the Funnel where we might talk um, more about hearts in the present day or at least for more than 10% of the show. You never know. Thanks and bye. One more time, I'm gonna celebrate. Oh yeah, all right, I'll stop the dancing. One more time, I'm gonna celebrate. Oh yeah, all right, I'll stop the dancing.